We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Ooh, we're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. If anybody is thinking about approaching me and ever want to catch me on the streets, you know, I, I really tell you I take great precautions because my battle rap brain is still definitely good. So a play of words. So let's take the alphabets. A, I know B's and C's, fellas, R.I.P. the Tookie. He got taken by the Terminator. That's the ex-governor of California, Schwarzenegger. He could get these nuts for executing crit leaders. Now you on E or out your F in mind, G, it ain't hard to see. It's all a conspiracy. They caught my cousin in the H. Hit him with a Rico. A, he hit the freeway, like freeway. Translation, just another pawn for the CIA. Because where I'm from, you either dunking like Dr. J or get caught up in the drama with a K. And get slayed. My L Chapo boys, they will bring the drama to him. Now, what that means, they'll cover him in him. And oh, mama screaming, not my boy, his mom deep, but he ain't peep. The havoc cost them the more. Now, wait for my cue before you leave the booth, or you are gonna see this S on your key make you woozy woo from all that blue. Now, y'all ain't catch that. I told Superman before he take flight. Wait for my cue because his weakness is Crips tonight. And you know all that blue is Crips tonight. And y'all wondering why Clef is bouncing like a zombie that's tells of the Crips tonight. Now, I'm at the W. They setting up my suite. You working on punchlines, making it hard for me to compete. I ran for president. They considered my setups a threat. That's why they was dying for me to do a speech in Harlem. 
so they could set me up like Malcolm X, the trooper stopped me. I say, don't ask why in the stash box I keep a Glock. You motherfuckers is killing niggas, so I keep an axe like ZZ Tops. Bar God. <laughs> <laughs> Wyclef Jean is a genius, a producer, a rapper. He's been a friend of mine for years. Oh, this is a good conversation. You'll get half of this epic interview on the podcast streamers and the whole thing at patreon.com slash show when you subscribe and support our team. All right, let's go. It's the man, the myth, the legend, the hip-hop legend, Wyclef Jean on Show. What do you love about uh, music and making it? I, I think, you know, um, I'm, I'm having like conversations because, you know, I look up to like people like Quincy Jones, Jan Zimmer, Gershwin, right? So these are a few names. Anyone who's listening, like, remember the three names I told y'all because it's so important. The reason why it's important is because I got into music because I wanted to be a composer. And I think that this is the part that people don't get, right? Um, because um, as someone who grows up, you know, in the hood, in the projects, right? When you're coming up inside of our culture, what they automatically tell you is like, yo, you know, if you if you you want to be popping, you got to be on the radio. Like, Funkmaster Flex got to be playing you. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, you got to be on the billboards. Like, then you pop and you become a super big superstar. But what they don't tell the community, there's a whole nother side to it, which is actually more important than that. And the idea of like, yo, if you become a composer, you actually can create the stars. And once you create the stars, you literally will never not have a job, you know, if you actually could create someone. So I always say I got in the game because of, it was like, I, I'd be like, yo, who's doing Superman? Like, what's this music sounding like? You know, like, I love Mike, I love MJ. Damn, but what's this music in the background? You know, I remember first time I heard Summertime. And I, I that happened to me. Coming from Haiti at 10 years old, right? And I got to Brooklyn, Marlboro Projects in Coney Island um, at 10. And I'll never forget, um, I couldn't speak English. And I used, you know, I got cousins, one of my cousins, like, you know, we got stories of Brooklyn is crazy. Because, you know, cousins get stabbed. I got stabbed, fighting. You know, you're young. It's like literally you're a young immigrant. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, zoned up at a very young age. And you're trying to find your way. And, and I don't think people understand that. So when we say the idea of like music helped us find our way, that means that it helped me from not getting deported. It helped me from not throwing on a mask and coming for you. You know, it helped me from not sitting in a jail cell with a lot of my cousins that are doing double life. So um, I saw two guys one day, you know, like, going at each other. And there was your dudes was like, yo, your mama, F your mama, I screwed your mama. Other dude like, yeah, well, I screwed, you know, and I said, and I told my man, I said, yo, 
they going at each other hard, but why are they not fighting? I'm confused. And my man said, yo, this is called battle rap. And I said, what that mean? He said, they are fighting. But he said, you know how we be breakdancing? And then another crew come from another block. They're doing the same thing, but they're doing it with words. So I was like, yo, I'm going to be the best battle rapper in the world. Because in my brain, I was like, yo, if I become a great battle rapper, I could avoid having a slap box, you know, like, you know, trying to protect yourself. And you're the oldest, you dig? Like, so if you go for anyone in my family, I'm the oldest, right? So you know how I go, right? I'm going to go get my big brother. You show up like you weigh like a buck 20. You got to be ready to go. So um, a high school teacher saw me playing piano on there, right? And I was like on the piano and I was like, you can see the piano behind me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like on piano and I'm like... Right? And I'm playing these chords and she goes, where did you learn that? And I got all my bubble goose scullied up and I'm like, <laughs> you know, I play in my dad's church. Like I just, I could hear the music and I just play it. She's like, but who taught you that? And I said, nobody taught me that. And she was like, close your eyes. And I closed my eyes and she was like, what do you see? And keep in mind, I've never studied music theory at 15 years old yet. I don't even know what that is. So I told her in my left, I told her like, okay, my left hand, I could see like one five. And in my right hand, I could see like one, three, five. And she was like, tomorrow you're starting jazz and classical music. I was like, no, thank you. I'm going to be a battle rapper. (laughs) She was like, no. So she strung me up. And so the minute she put me like, in that, in that music class, and this is like in the hood, right? Literally, I was like, then the epiphany hit me. And I was like, yo, I'm going to be a badass composer, you know? <clears throat> yeah. So take, I want to go through the pieces of being a great music creator. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me the philosophy, because you're a great lyric writer. Tell me the philosophy behind uh, writing lyrics. So anyone who writes lyrics are inspired, right? And usually, like when you listen to an album like Nas, Illmatic, like one of my favorite albums, and you see like line for line, like he's painting the picture. And then if you pay close attention, he starts to decode where he gets all this information from. And then you start to notice the books that he read. And you start to notice the OGs that were on the block that be like, yo, man, Sun Tzu, the art of war. You go, what's that? You got to read that book. So I think um, the, the, the idea of words are inspired by conversations. They're inspired by culture. They're fueled by culture. And they're inspired by living inside of other people. And what that means is you, as the author, at times it could be your story, but then you have this thing where you can channel what someone else is saying. So it's almost like, so it, So as, as young little Haitians, they got a crazy culture that says, 
you know, don't be, don't sit under the mouth of old people when they speak it, you know, like mind your place. Like you're not supposed to be within this conversation, but I was always that kid that would be always listening to these different stories. And then even though that would not be my story, I would go into the imagination of how that person felt. And I'd be like, hmm, what if I could tell his story? So I think these are like the combinations. I say you have to be able to be within a space of chameleon, right? So whether we talk about great directors, whether we talk about great authors or great rappers or great singers, you know, they're like chameleons within spaces of writing. They could go in and out of different stories, not just their own. I mean, part of what you do, what songwriters do, is compressing the information, <laughs> right? Because I have to be, as a, as a writer, the kind of writer I am, I have to be expansive and explain the idea in a big way with lots of idea, lots of words. But you have to be able to be super economical and tell a story with a couple of words, convey a feeling with a couple of words. Like, how do you, how do you just like, you know, compress the thoughts and the stories and the emotions down to like, you know, my love is your love. Ah, I understand what he's saying. You know, like, just like. Okay, so the best way I can explain it to you, and I'm going to explain it to you in probably a couple of words, and it's all going to make sense. To be or not to be. Shakespeare. So I don't think, like, there's no difference with us and Shakespeare. At the end of the day, Shakespeare was a great writer. And, you know, you have to be able to go Jesus wept, and that's the message. So what happens is um, some people call it wordsmith, right? Um, There is a part of it which is a gift, right? Because... Um, and the gift comes from playing with words at a very young age. So um, being that English was not my first language, Creole, French, then English. So I attacked the English uh, literature similar to the way like a Biggie Smalls or a Tupac, right? And what that means is, so Biggie's mom is Jamaican. So literally, if you pay attention to some of his phonetics, You'd be like, hold up. Like, he's speaking the Queen's English. Like, you know, at times, um, Slick Rick also. Like, you'd be like, hold up. The, the level, you know, and then Tupac, another great intellect, would literally take the words and flip them in a Shakespearean form and, and, and spit it back out. So I think that's also um, uh, just literally when, when somebody's, like, playing ball, you know, they're on the block trapping, you, like, trying to figure out, how many double entendres you could come up with triple entendres, how many one word could mean five things, you know what I'm saying? It just becomes like a, it goes from like a hobby to like, oh shit, like I could actually do this, you know what I mean? Is there, okay, and I mean like choruses are super special. Obviously that's the heart of the song, right? Like, yes. so how do you get a great chorus? Well, the chorus for me comes from being, I always say that I'm cheating because I'm from the church. And not only I'm from the church, me and my brothers and my sisters was the band in the church. And every Sunday I got to make up a song. So the chorus, we call it the soul. If uh, today they call it the top line. And it's all about the top line. Okay, so the key to the top line is you got to think, like when you're going into the top line, you sing it. And the key is, can you make 
someone that's not a singer think that they can sing, right? That's when you know you got a great top line, right? Because the, the chorus that the world sings to, none of them can really sing. But man, when they sing in that chorus, can they sing? So usually for me, it's like, okay, you know, is this a top line that is shower microphone worthy? You know, and I'm, and I'm so serious with you. A lot of people have different ways that they write. I have like a shower in the house and it's, it's, you know, like you have, a, it's so funny, right? So I probably have like 10 bathrooms in my house, right? I use one little tiny ass shower, bro. Like, every, you know, it's that same little tiny shower with the wood, right? And the water comes down. And, and there's a little sun that beams because like, I'd be like, I wrote so many tunes in there and it's like, I, there's one of like, I guess like Wyclef, <laughs> like music theories, like, yo, you know, is it shower <clears throat> bound worthy? Is the hook shower bound? Because if it's worthy, a lot of us sing in the shower. It's going to work. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Influencer. It's a word that gets tossed around a lot these days. There is a woman who went the distance, who broke ground as the first true influencer by living a remarkable life. Her name, Elizabeth Taylor. I'm Katy Perry. This is the story of the original influencer. This is Elizabeth the First. Elizabeth the First, the podcast, wherever you listen. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. One of the people who helped inspire me to want to be in broadcasting is Oprah Winfrey. She's an inspiration for so many of us, but her daytime talk show was so incredible. And it told me that you could be black and authentic and real on TV. And that made me want to do it, too. Black Stories, Black Truths is NPR's new collection that's a celebration of blackness. Each of NPR's black voices are as direct, varied, distinct and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and how to create world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account of what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. Black perspectives that haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story, but now they are the story. 
On NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, as nuanced, and as Black as we are. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. If you love Torrey's show and you miss the days of me talking about politics on MSNBC, and really, who doesn't? Then check out my other podcast, Democracy-ish, where I sit with Danielle Moody-Mills and argue and strategize about the 2020 race from a Black and progressive perspective. I like Kamala Harris. Some people say that she has too much ambition. Whatever I think that, that, that means. I think that that's actual bullshit. You can find Democracy-ish wherever podcasts are streamed. All right, back to Torrey's show. One thing that I see that some people do that a lot of people don't do is to start the song with the chorus. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times you build up to the chorus and then hit you. But like some people, not that many, but some people start the song with the chorus. Is that a thought about how to approach it, how to get you to really be hooked into the song faster? Um, Well, it depends who you're writing for, right? So... Um, to your point, you made uh, the best way I could always explain it is just to some. T- so, OK, we'll take a song. The song you were singing, Whitney Houston, My Love's Your Love, right? So let me see. You can see the piano? Is it yeah, yeah. Uh, I gave you like the I made sure I went to the piano room for you because I know you. You're like a music college. So talk about it. So Whitney Houston, right? So you are. So you sing it. My love is your love and your love is my so you're like man this hook is really powerful but the actual hook to the song that i felt would grab people was not even that like okay. it was the part when i went like so to, to each writer his own. So Whitney Houston. Is that a hook? Is that you call that, is that a hook in your yeah, mind? Yeah, well, yeah, to me, that's a pre-hook. So sometimes the pre-hook is supposed to bait you into wanting you to get into the hook. And sometimes if the pre-hook for me usually comes before the main hook, um, you'll always hear like in my music, like you, you'll find a pattern. There's always like the pre-hook and then the hook comes in. Because somehow, um, the pre-hook for me is what I call a call and response. So in the church, we call that a call and response. It's like, you know, can I get an amen? Amen, can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, now let's sing. You know what I mean? Um, To some, um, they, they, like, spend days just trying to, I have, like, friends of mine. um, So, like, when me and Avicii was working together, um, and we was writing... Uh, the anthem for the World Cup that was in Brazil, which we ended up writing. And, um, right, so it's like you're approaching a song with a billion people viewing it. So it's like, right, so the, and it's a football field, like a football field in every part of the world. So you go, and then you already know how the football chants are and how big they are. So automatically, 
once again, like something like that, we literally spent like five or six days like, what's the hook? Like, we can't even start a verse or a pre because this is stadium, like football music. So the writer has to be able to adjust to the composition of who he or she is writing the song for. This is a very crucial part to the music here. Talk to me about writing melodies. Uh, Melodies are important. And usually I would say, like when I listen to like John Legend, for example, and it's like, at times I hear Donnie Hathaway, right? Like at times that you can hear he does something new. And you can listen to early Ray Charles before Ahmed said to find your voice, you know what I'm saying? And you hear like different soul singers. And I think melodies come from times of growing up and listening to so much different music, right? So. At the end of the day, you, every singer that you hear, you have a comparison for them. I don't care who it is. Like every individual has a comparison. Like some people hear Lauren Hill and they'd be like, man, this is like some Nina Simone vibes, but different. Yeah. You know, like this is, they hear Clef, they go, yo, this is like some Bob Marley vibe, but different. So where, what is it, right? You could hear Hendrix and you'd be like, yo, this was so-and-so. Um, melodies come from just years of listening to so much music that you love. And there's always something that says there's nothing new under the sun, right? Um, right? The, great, the greatest art is to look at the art and to be able to create from that art. Then you have Basquiat, right? So at the end of the day, um, being that great songwriters will always tell you like, man, I grew up listening to so-and-so. I grew up listening to so-and-so. So then when you really, if you was to start to break down their style and their melodies, um, you would definitely come across a lot of what they listened to in the past. And I think a great example of that is the score by the Fugees. Mm-hmm. Like you hear a lot of these melodies coming in and out. Because keep in mind, when we were coming out, we were rhyming and singing. So what all of the kids are doing today, that's what we was doing in the 90s. And, you know, in a time when everyone's like, yo, you got to keep it real. You know, like, yo, the lyrics got to be. And you, you, so you have two parts of it. You have the, the monotone style of rhyming, where it's basically like you're talking poetry, right? And then you had the melodies. So all of these groups that were coming with melodies, you can always identify it with something that came before us, you know? What does eating healthy mean to you? Whatever your eating goals, Thrive Market is the best place to get all your groceries and household essentials. And getting Thrive shipped to your door is like having a great supermarket right outside your house. I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and ethical sourcing methods. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks or low sugar alternatives or gluten-free essentials, Thrive Market's got it and their site lets you curate your shopping experience quickly. And as a Thrive member, 
I save on every order, usually about 30%, which of course I love. And when you join, you help a family in need with the membership matching program. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a $60 gift for free. Go to thrivemarket.com slash for 30% off your first order plus that free $60 gift. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash thrivemarket.com slash On March 16th, 2000, two sheriff's deputies were shot in Atlanta. Jamil Alamine, a Muslim leader and former black power activist, was convicted. But the evidence was shaky, and the whole truth didn't come out during the trial. My name is Mosi Secret, and when I started investigating this case in my hometown, I uncovered a dark truth about America. From Tinderfoot TV, Campside Media, and iHeart Podcasts, Radical is available now. Listen to the new podcast, Radical, for free on the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, you're a, a great rapper. Talk about what it is to be a great rapper. Like, how do you get on the mic and, like, really make us feel it? Well, I think there's two parts to rhyming. And I want to be clear with, with people. So they was trying to get the Fugees one time on Stretch and Barbito's show, right? <laughs> and, and... Early, you mean, like, like early Stretch and Barbito? Yeah, because, you know, they're trying to get you on that show because if you can get on that show, you're going to get a college buzz. At the time, right? So, you know, the reps are working. And I even saw something with Stretch and Barbito, and it was like, oh, in the beginning, they didn't know. They was like, eh, we don't know. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know, like, Fuji, what are you talking about, right? What was interesting about that was with rhyming, it was a little tricky, right? Because the reason why it was tricky was as a composer, I knew that rhyming was an element that I had to incorporate. But when people hear the score, they go, yo, Clef is rhyming. They hear the carnival, they like, Clef is rhyming. They hear me on Big Pun, they go, yo, I didn't know he could spit like that. Did cannabis write his verse, right? Not knowing, like, that was part of my hobby, right? So... I think that with Stretch and Barbito, not until we got on the show did they really knew that we could really spit because at the end of the day, it was sort of like what we were saying was not on wax yet, if that made sense. So it was yeah. like we still had a street element of trying to figure out what it was and couldn't put it to wax. So I think that what makes a great rapper is growth. And every year they keep getting better with their rhymes. So, for example, so if you like your clef is 50, what does clef bars sound like 50, right? So here we go. You ready? I'll just break the alphabets down for you, right? So now think about when I was 20 and now I'm 50. So it could either go two ways, right? I could either start like on and on and on. You're like, oh, man, I love Clark, but he going to have to get right. So what keeps me consistent and sharp, right, is because the culture that I'm from, the love first came from battle rap. 
I want to talk about a couple more pieces of the game in general, but I want your I want your analysis on you keep talking about the score, obviously. One of the biggest albums, one of the best albums of its time. It was your second album. Blooded on Reality came out and did very little noise. Yeah. The score came out and was gigantic. Same threesome, right? What was the difference between why one album went eh and the other album exploded like a nuclear bomb, changed music, changed your life, changed, you know, Lauren and Praz's life, changed so much? So on Blunted on Reality, I was the kid in the class. And there was a professor. It wasn't me. The professors were, the Fuji's was signed to La Jam, Coolin' Again. And that was the production company. <clears throat> so the entire production was being done by the production team. The, the direction of how to go was being done by the production team. You're a bunch of kids, you in the hood, you want to get on. So <clears throat> you have ideas, but you're very careful on when to speak because this cool in the gang. It's Jungle Boogie. They wrote fresh, celebrate <laughs> everybody. For people turning up, celebrate. So you're so now I'm the little professor. I'm I'm the little student in the class. It's math. So I understand the pre-calc and where it's going. So when we left um, House of Music in the big studio where they was recording us, and then now I will go back to my hood. So I go back to East Orange. So in East Orange, I had a little studio called the Booker Basement. So in the basement, the way that I was making money, Jerry, we always making money. Like I had Lauren singing hooks for like, like some of my friends and a lot of them was like drug dealers, but they would pay money to sing a hook. So if Lauren's listening, she sung a hook called The Twilight Zone, like Elle would be singing crazy hooks. Like we in the hood. And the these hood dudes loved her. Like when when you know you do a track and you put L on the hook, it's gonna be crazy. So the beats that I was doing in the hood, um, I felt was more like Ron G and that kind of stuff. Like you know what I'm saying? Like Diamond D vibes, you know, premiere, like I was listening to stuff um, like that. Then I fell in love with like Enya, uh, like in Europe. So I was like, like ASAP, you know, like ASAP Rocky, the way like, you know, he used to just was listening to different stuff at a young age. Just this is just how I was. So then when we go back to the house of music, I keep my mouth shut. You know what I mean? And then we have to do that. So after the first album came out and then it, 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 it tankered the way it did, um, the audience that, if you've been to a Fuji show, you already know, what, what the reviews kept saying was like, the album don't match their shows. Like, there's something that's wrong. Like, they live, they bars are sounding crazy. They playing guitars, they killing it with the band. But this, why did that not registering the first record, like something is missing, you know what I mean? So um, they got us with a producer named Salam Remy. And so you got to keep in mind. So at the time, think of like Barry Gordy, like it's almost like Barry Gordy's looking for a hit for the temptations, right? He already know the temptations is the temptations. He believe in them. 
But he's like, if I could just get one record to make people pay attention to them, they're out of here. So this is sort of like what Sony was looking for. Salam Remy brought us in, and I went to see Salam first. So if you, you talk to me, I always tell you, like, Clef came and me and him, because I had the conversation oracle to oracle. I felt like Salam was like me, like he was young, and we can have conversations. I didn't feel like I can have those conversations with an older, because I'd be intimidated to have these kind of conversations with, you know, these heavy gurus that has changed the face of music forever. <clears throat> so <clears throat> Salam was like, all right, bring the group, Lauren and Prize, and we're going we gonna to do, do some stuff. So I was real excited. I felt like, Salam understood what we were saying because, you know, he had Hot Stepper. He had the different kind of records. Like for us, we was like, the way that the older crowd looked at Cool in the Gang, that's how we looked at Salam. It's like, yo, this dude is just, you know, he's on the pulse of what was going on. So I'll never forget, I actually was in the studio with him three months ago and he sent me, he played a freestyle, the first freestyle that we did. Cause we all went and freestyle. He, I think I freestyle like 15 minutes on the nappy heads beat. And he has all of these dots, these original, just young Fuji's just going mayhem. And so Salam threw on the nappy heads beat. And he said, all right, who gonna go first? Because he understood like this number, the cypher, like whoever goes in there, they're gonna do like Red Man. They're gonna do their thing. I'm already an oracle. I know what I'm going to hear and I'm going to know how to cut it. So I would say like seven minutes in, then I'm like, yo, and I'm, I'm going. And I'm like, I'm like, achieve, achieve, y'all. Well, I'm a Libra, y'all. That came in seven minutes in. Then I'm like, yo, Mona Lisa, can I get a date on Friday? And if you're busy, I wouldn't mind taking Saturday. Hey. Now I'm 15 minutes in. <clears throat> Forgot everything I did. I just did whatever I did. Left. Lauren goes in there, she goes crazy. Like, bar God is crazy. Prize goes in there, he does his thing. But I was watching how Salam cuts it, like, you know what I'm saying? So, the way, like, I was watching how he was producing, I said, holy crap, like, this guy is different. He's actually composing. So I was like, okay, I got to watch him closely. So, we left and Salam took the record and then his composition brain, he was like, okay, this is going to be the hook. Let's get 16 out of Clef. Let's get this out of good. Let's get eight out of prize. Come back to Clef. If you notice on nappy heads, I have more bars than everybody. I rhyme in the beginning and he threw me at the end. That's because he's literally had 15 minutes of me of just crazy stuff. When I said, and I say to myself, what a wonderful world. But what the fuck was so wonderful about picking cotton in the farm? Mr. Slave, man. Um, so once Salam did that, he I never forget. He said, y'all have a blessing and a curse. He said, before we even get started, the curse is y'all too fucking talented. He said, the blessing is, all we got to do is do some knucklehead shit and it's going to go. For 
For those listening on the streamers, that's only half of our conversation. Join us over at patreon.com slash show to get the rest of the episode, which continues to be epic, plus an extra episode every Friday only for Patreon subscribers. Thanks so much to Wyclef for a great interview, and thanks to you for listening, and thanks to our super producers, Britt, Marcus Harkis, Noel, Sam Montes, Jason Reynolds, Gerville Calais, Michelle, Brenda Cox, and Kathy F. Torre Show gives you fuel to power your dreams because you can use your dreams like a rocket ship to blast you into a life you never imagined. You can make your dreams a reality, and this show can help. You can find me on Twitter at Torre and on Instagram at Torre Show and on Patreon at patreon.com slash Torre Show. Torre Show is written by me, Torre, and produced by Jackie Garifano. Our editor is Ryan Woodhall. Our photographers are Chuck Marcus and Shanta Covington. Our booker is Claudia Jean. And we're distributed by DCP Entertainment. And we will be back on Friday and on Wednesday with more amazing guests because the man can't shut us down. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered.